Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland and Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Hey, buddy. Man, we're here. We're here. Another daylight episode. You know, I got to <laughs> just say uh, before we dive in, I really appreciate the fact that you've been wearing a hoodie the last couple of days. I'm freezing it, it in this. Ma- I know. I love it. It makes me know two things. One, I can afford to pay the utility bill. And two, <laughs> our air conditioner works really well. It cranks. <laughs> it cranks. Jason and Jason. July 1. <laughs> ma'am, Jason and I are back, out the, back in that room, and we're sitting there like, <laughs> we're freezing. I love it. There's all, we've always got a little toe in the wintertime, <laughs> mentally. It's always hoodie season. That's right. So, uh, so today we got another... Special guest on uh, yeah. here with us in person. It's awesome. You want to introduce him, Spence? Yeah, so this is my buddy Adam Campbell, and Adam is a dog trainer, and uh, I don't know what the what's the most prominent way to introduce a dog trainer. Is that really belittling to say I got a dog trainer here? I mean. It's real hard to belittle me, Spence. <laughs> old stinking Touché. old dog man. <laughs> uh, but Adam has uh, – a podcast that's a very successful podcast called The Dog House, right? That's right. And that's you and Jimmy talking about dogs. Dogs, ducks, outdoor equipment. Gotcha. We so, kind of mix it up. So you're a retriever trainer, right? I, I mean, train retrievers for a living. Professional. Hmm. If you want to be what we like to hear, I guess, professional retriever trainer. Okay. So so when I pull into a hunt test and I got uh, my Lucky Duck kennel strapped on the hood of my old lady's suburban right you're the guy that's got the like 35 foot long stainless steel aluminum with the tv and the air conditioners and well i have something like that but it <laughs> is nice as some of the other ones i got, you. I got two little girls in, in private school that they I like to that. eat and dance that's and all dog that <laughs> yeah. there's my dog trailer well when they get to the line they all look the same don't they, they don't always say it it don't matter <laughs> what each stuff looks like i mean in these I don't have the best, but it's clean and, you know, it's taken awesome. care of. But when you get up there and watch them suckers go, and then that's what makes me happy. Yeah. So, so what's your game of choice or trial of choice? I, or do you do all of them? I do master test mostly, AKC master test. Gotcha. The AKC venue. Okay. I started in HRC venue. I've done some AKC field trials, but I kind of focus on AKC master test and the master national. Okay. And I'm not a very astute Right, dog man. So, the hunt tests, HRC hunt tests. That's with UKC. Is that right? That's with UKC. Yep. It's a HRC is an extension of the United Kennel Club. Okay. UKC. Mm-hmm. And so then, the 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 say what you're into again. Uh, AK, the, AKC, the master the master test. master junior and seniors, the three levels. And is that di- how is that different than like a field trial? A field trial is the distance is going to be greater. The concepts are all going to be clear, kind of close to the same, but a field trial, the distance is much greater when it gets to the all-age open stakes. And 
there's a winner, first, second, third, and fourth. Gotcha. And where the hunt test, you run against a standard. So it's a pass you, or fail. Pass or fail. I That's correct. You. Okay. So, and so in your test, what happens if, I mean, there's a first, second, third? Not in mine. Oh, no. that's in field trial. That's in the field trial, okay. yep. I think I've sufficiently confused everybody. That's all good. This that's is how good. you keep people listening the whole time, is <laughs> you just muddy the water up Don't real good. Don't let them figure the it out until the end. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you're, so the test that you run on a regular basis is, I guess, similar to a hunt test in that you're testing against the standard, that's but right. it's a little more intensive, a little more technical, a little yep. more. Where have you been to an HRC test? Yes. Over at Tyler's before. I watched yes. your videos. I was telling y'all guys, I'm a fan of y'all's <laughs> podcast and seen the videos on, on the YouTube and all that. But I seen where you took your daughter over at Tyler's. That's yeah. an HRC test. You, mm-hmm. you shoot the gun with yep. the blank poppers right over the head. Yep. Where an AKC test, the shots are in the field. And you have a just a gun gotcha. that's not fired. So, like yeah. on a launcher, that's why they've got the sounds. That's right. Because so, in your test, the the – wherever the bird's being thrown from, there's actually a shot being fired from there that's right. instead of at the line. That's right. That's yeah. correct. I like definitely. the way that you described the difference between the AKC and the HRC. HRC is running against a standard, and the AKC is running against the field, the, the, your competitors. The field trials yeah. is the hunt test. Uh-oh. I just lost yeah. it. <laughs> so there's two <laughs> different kinds of AKC testing. There's two different saying. kinds. Shoot. Yeah. There's hunt tests and there's field trials. Understood. Just kind of take the AKC and HRC away. Okay, so test is a standard, trials is competition. You run against the field. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Dog eat dog. Yeah. Win or lose. Trainer eat trainer a little bit, too. That's right. And I've done some of that, but you kind of need to go north in the summer Mm -hmm. because the distances are so long and it's so – And to train all day. Train train all day. and Cooler temps. I just – I, I don't want to leave my family yeah. for three months yeah, I understand. in order to be competitive in that. I understand. And if I'm going to do it, I, I'm going to be competitive. Yeah. Or I'm not going to do it. Heard that. So, Love it. <laughs> um, if you had seen his facial expression change when you saw it, you'd have felt the fire. So, so all right, describe to me your ideal client. Oh, I mean, the ideal client, like the perfect client. Well, Yes, but I guess what I I would love to hear that explanation because I saw the twinkle in your <laughs> eye about like if you could describe the next one that walks through the door and wants to pay you money what they I, I want to hear that explanation but what I'm talking about is like are are there are are you getting dogs that are starting from scratch and you're training them all the way through or are you getting dogs that are you know partially started and then you're trying to polish them like where in the where in the spectrum of a dog's training are you I. I like to get them started from scratch and okay. build them from the floor up. Okay. I feel like I have as much or more success with those dogs than I do one that was started elsewhere. Okay. Now, if it was started elsewhere with, a, say, let's just for a good name, a Tyler Patterson or a Charlie Moody or a guy that does it similar to the way I do it and does it to the same standard, yep. then I can take that dog and excel. I got you. Okay. But, you know, it's hard for me to take a dog that's been started somewhere that – Sure. It's been taught a lot of stuff that's not correct. Yep. And then go back. You can almost never unteach those sure. bad habits. Sure. That makes sense. So I'd rather take them from day one, put okay. them through our, you know, obedience, collar condition, and so forth, and build them up to that level. And what percentage of your customers are playing the the, the test games? Um, I would probably say 
Forty percent, something okay. like that, maybe. Yeah. So half of your customers are just regular old duck hunters. Regular old that duck. Send duck. you a hound. Yeah. And it's and and they want you to turn it into the greatest duck hunting dog of all time. That's right. And sometimes <laughs> when yeah. they bring that dog, we'll stumble across one that's really good, and then I'll try to sell the hunt test on them at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how. You know, most people come to us just wanting a duck dog. Right. We build them all the same. Right. We want them. Just because you don't want to run hunt tests don't mean we're not going to do you a fabulous right. job. Right. Mm. So we build them all the same. And, hey, this dog's really good. He's really talented. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a shot and let's show what he's capable of. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a lot of times people like that. Now, will you handle the dogs in those <coughs> or do you encourage the owners to handle those? Because that's good experience for the two of them. And right. how does that work? I do a lot of the handling because, you know, a lot of people don't have the time to just up and go. Sure. Away. And then it's more expensive to go with one dog for the weekend in a hotel and, and all of that. So I may I may go one weekend with 12 or 14 to run. And where, you it's know. It's a long weekend. Right. If you just had one, you know, it's, it's a lot more expensive. But that being said, I do love my customers coming. Yeah. And running their dogs. It's a lot of fun for me to teach them. Mm-hmm. And. I'm getting better at teaching them. They're, the ones that hang around are ones that can total butt chewing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the football coach in you probably comes out Absolutely. when somebody messes something up. Absolutely. Even. You know, I have a I have a client named Spencer, and he ran his dog in a master test here recently, and I've been trying to train him. But, you know, one day he did something. I said, Spencer, how long have you been around here? I think Bullet's like four. He said, wow, now. I said, when have you ever seen me do that? <laughs> you know? Do you do the reverse Judy chop? He like, did. Like he, like he sent him oh, yeah. slinked about yeah. through his collarbone. That's exactly out. what he did. I said, name one time. <laughs> and you've seen hundreds of dogs leave here. Have you seen me throw my hand out? That's embarrassing to you. Yeah, don't do that. You know? <laughs> Got a big handful of and his face the, mask. That didn't affect just... the dog at all, but I know good and well it's like, yeah. No, that's that's humiliating. It's a way we do things, and that's the way we want to do them. But I'm better with the folks that can that can that's deal good. with me in that aspect. You know, that's good. Um, I'm not real good at babying people through it. Yeah. Sure. So, are most of your dogs local to you? Where do they come from? All over the country? They come from all over. We have, you know, I've had them from as far as Pennsylvania, I guess, Kentucky, Carolinas, Georgia, Florida. Yep. You know, per- fairly local, but every now and then you'll get a scraggler from out and, you know, somewhere. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm like, do you realize how many dog trainers you about to drive by to get yeah. to me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what they want to do. So that's good. Come on. So give me the, I want you to take the gloves off. I'm probably going to get you in trouble here. No. So just bear with me. All right. Take the gloves off and tell me why you run the test you run versus the, the, the AKC test versus the, the UKC hunt test? It's more of a challenge. Okay. It's an easy answer. And okay. I don't mind saying this because um, the HRC is more it's more built around hunting, like yep. true hunting situation. Yep. And hopefully, like, a guy like Spence that has trained a dog can go out and can compete yep. at the finish level. Yep. Where at the master test, there's concepts, there's hip pockets and mm. flyers and blinds through the flyer fall and off the backside and poison birds and all of this stuff that makes it a little more time intensive for the training. That's technical. right, and it's and it pushes me to be better. Okay, and I just feel like, and then I just I have to pick one because I can't be a good dad gotcha. and, and a good hu- and a good husband and and do everything. Okay, so 
and be good at. So I picked one thing that I want to be good at. Want to be great at. I don't want to be good. I want to be great at that. That's what I do. Okay. So you don't you don't bring a new dog up and run them through the HRC stuff and then take them over to the AKC. You you build them for the test that you want to run. Right. And the the perfect client you're talking about. The perfect client is I want a master hunter. Well, let me have that dog. Let me train him. You get him at hunting season, take him hunting, bring him back in February. Let me train him. When he's ready to run master, let me go past six master tests when I say he's ready. Okay. Um, don't push me. Mm-hmm. Let me do it when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And that guy's going to pass a lot of hunt tests. Hmm. On average, how long is that going to take? If you get a master hunter, run it, start running them at two, and get a master hunter at two, that's really good for me. Um, a lot of them, a good one is at three. Sometimes they're a little bit later coming on, you know. So, at, at three, let's just call it at three, that dog, when did you get it the first time? At six months. And then, okay. so you you would train. Just say I got the dog in August and it's six months old. I would recommend training through hunt season that okay. year. Not hunt its Not first year no. from six to 12 months. No, because, you know, you're going to have three Too months little. of training yeah. in and you're right. going to go lose all three months of that, basically. <laughs> and hunt, right. Based starting back over. So, right. I said to wait till February or get started and train through hunting season. And I don't. if I lived up here somewhere, I'd probably be like, no, come get them in November. Yeah. I see you in February. I'm going to spend about <laughs> exactly. 55 of them days yeah. right over here across yeah. the river. But <laughs> being that I'm in Alabama, we work through hunting season. And, uh, you know. That seems like a real backhanded comment. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but – you know, train that dog from six months until whatever that hunting season is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take him hunting. That's what mm-hmm. he's for. Mm-hmm. And after he hunts, and a lot of times that'll turn a dog on. Sometimes it'll turn him on too much. Then we get that dog back in in February and keep building on it, building on it, mm-hmm. building on it. So, and then test. At, at what point are you testing? When he's ready? or Yes. When when I feel like he's going to go out and pass every one of them. Okay. Doesn't do you any good to fail, does it? I hate it. <laughs> I bet. I hate it. It burns me up. and hmm. Especially when I, I break one out before it's ready, mm-hmm. and then I end up failing. Then I feel like I've let the dog down. I've let the customer down and myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many weekends a year are you testing? Um, Probably about probably five in the fall and five in the spring or something okay. like that. So. We do we do master tests and we do the master national. That's one time a year event. You have to qualify for it. Okay. So you have to have six passes in the calendar year. Okay. So if I'm out running a bunch and I'm not passing, mm-hmm. you with me? Mm-hmm. So um, now if I go to the master national and that dog passes, it counts as two. So it only needs four the next year to qualify for the next one. I got you. And so, I mean. As humbly as I can say this, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm being cocky or any of that. We don't fail a bunch. Mm-hmm. So, we don't – I don't end up running the roads. Sure. You know, having, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. having to do a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's, that, that helps me understand why you choose that test over the HRC hunt test. Yeah, because the Grand's twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and this year the, the National's in Idaho. It'll take, it'll take me three days to travel out there mm-hmm. and – We'll pre-train for four, five, six, seven days. And then the test lasts 10 days and three days home. So I'll be out there for three weeks this fall. Mm. Jeez. That's Are really you? hard on me because I – No doubt. I'm a homebody for honestly. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, I understand. <laughs> as much as I travel, I am too. And I kind of have a personal rule. 
I don't do more than a five-day trip about any time during the year. If right. I, if I do, it's going to be my trip out west during uh, in the fall, you know, to, to duck hunt or mm-hmm. to Canada, I say out west. But other than that, I know that after about the third or fourth day that I'm on the road, I'm like, all right. Time to wrap it up. Yeah, time, time to point this baby back to Memphis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, did you, did anyone in your family, like when you were growing up, did you do this with your dad or your granddad or anybody? Or <clears throat> how did you get drawn into this world? So I grew up in East Alabama, a little town called Raglan. And All right. it's in the hills up there. So there ain't no ducks. Never, I don't know if I've ever hardly seen a Labrador before <laughs> I moved to Tuscaloosa to go to school. But we coon hunted with dogs. We deer hunted with dogs. We rabbit hunted with <laughs> <laughs> my guy i grew up with foxhounds so we yeah. had uh so we deer hunted with our we we bred these dogs they were um a half beagle quarter foxhound and a quarter trend walker <laughs> to run deer with that's and a lot of hound they wouldn't push it just out of the country but they yeah. would run it hard enough to keep moving and all that so that's <laughs> they wouldn't push it out of the country yeah remember <laughs> foxhounds they'll push them slap out of the county you know oh man they will I, I but there was a place they used to retire foxhounds to us right yeah we just did the thing where we'd socialize them for six weeks from their puppies or or whatever but you know so for a while there we were getting like six-year-old eight-year-old foxhounds that have stopped hunting but they just come to our place to just mm. you know i don't even know what a foxhound is it looked like a walker dog Kind of a little more leggy. Little, I was about to say a little bit more ground clearance. Ju- July hounds is what they call them. <laughs> they look a lot like a black and tan with smaller ears and a little less ground clearance than a black a and tan. A little more greyhoundy look. Like yeah. More okay. running gear. Yeah. Okay. Faster. Yeah. But their coloration is like a black and tan. It can yeah. be. Or a walker dog. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we had pin marital foxhounds is what we – Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware. It was like oh, a man. cross. That's out of my league. That, sounds <laughs> high, that sounds like really hot. Like, yep. did y'all play polo too, or what did y'all – Yeah, like, ride the horses. The hey, yeah. listen, Benny's <laughs> played polo for a while. That's a Come different on. story altogether. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, by the way, we're on our <laughs> own little – Y'all yeah. fine china <laughs> silver spoons. Hey, no, oh. sport of kings. <laughs> but I grew up doing all that stuff, and my dad hated hunting. Huh. He's hmm. a ball player. He loved to play basketball and softball and all that. But my, his brothers, Ronnie and Steve and my Uncle Clyde and my papa, they were all dog men, mm. and they were great woodsmen. Mm. And so I just kind of took in with them. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what how it affected the Labrador world that I'm in now, but, you know, I just feel like I have a, a almost a natural sense yep. mm. to read a dog and feel yep. what they need. And Some people are like that. Some people are just dog people. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of times people say, why did you do that in that instance? And I'll be like, I don't know. I just felt it. It's what, it, it's what needed to happen. That's why I'm not a good teacher, you know. So, but uh, my dad, he he's the best man I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And I love him dearly. We, I, I'll tell you earlier, I lost him in September. And, but he hated it. We, our hunt club dudes were 450 bucks. I'm going to pay this for this rednecking, you know, and that's why they would always <laughs> complain when me and my brother would want to go hunting. But, but no, I I learned how to train from a guy from Ontario, Canada, named really? Lorne Langevin. Okay. Yep. He comes down just south of Tuscaloosa for the winter. Hmm. He didn't get to come this year, but he now he is about to be 78. Wow. And um, super, super talented, very knowledgeable. I'll be day. And uh, I learned how to train from him. How'd you meet him? <clears throat> a friend of mine had his dog down there. Lauren trained it. Oh, we did. 
and he took me down there, and Lauren said, um, he said, you want to learn about dog training? I said, yes, sir. He said, I'll be here Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. He said, if you'll throw birds, I'll teach you anything you want to know. I said, yes, sir. So about, about 7.30, I was down there. Yeah. He said, hey, guy, you know how it was. Can you not tell time down here in Alabama? You know, so he <laughs> gnawed on me. said, come in and have some porridge. And from that point on, we were, to be friends. we were buds. And like, we'll talk. I'm on the way to the trial. We'll talk for two hours. I'll be dang. About old dogs. Mm. So that's how I learned about training dogs. And I, got, I was a school teacher coaching football. Okay. And um, this this month is eight years ago that I went full-time professional dog trainer. Oh, wow. Yep. Are you glad? I am. I am. I miss coaching ball. I mean, I'm not going <coughs> to lie. I, I love football. and The comp- competitive side competitive of Competitive side yeah. of me, you know. But um, a lot of that I get to apply to my life today. Sure. That's right. You know? That's right. The competitive side and, you know, the little things that make a difference, mm-hmm. the fundamentals that make a difference, make you better on Friday night or mm-hmm. going to make you better at the hunt test. Mm-hmm. So, those same type. You know, I still get to listen to Nick Saban and pick up on little snippets that he says that you can apply to your mm-hmm. your dog training and mm-hmm. all that. You know, I'm not a big motivational man. I just don't think, you know, you shouldn't need motivation. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You should be motivated already. Yeah. Now, how do you? I like the way, yeah. You're already motivated. You want to be the best, so how do you go be the best? Mm -hmm. You know, so. So this is like the the process meets dog training is what I'm feeling here. Saving vibes. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I I apply a lot of that same mentality to the dog training. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, that's very true. I've observed that just managing people that you, you can't. I've never said it like that. I've never thought about it that way but it's very true you can't motivate somebody no only they can motivate them you can yell at them you can put all the i i will say if i could put an e-collar on some of my people that i have to manage i believe that i could motivate them give them a shot of caffeine yeah (laughs) (laughs) but 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 the last time i checked that's against the law but i hope none of them are listening (laughs) put all the quotes on the wall and all that stuff you want to do but if it ain't in here yeah 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 you know, it's hard to come up with. Yeah, that's um, good. I like that. No, we're getting away from dog training and more into philosophy, but but dogs are the same way. You can't motivate them. They either some of them got the fire yeah. or don't. If I you mean. you work for yourself, you got to get out of bed. You're mm-hmm. you're already motivated to get out of bed mm-hmm. and go. Yeah. What quotes did you read this morning that got you out of bed, Spence? Um, <laughs> the only quote that I I didn't read it, I heard it, and it was Lindy saying, "If you don't get out of the bed." <laughs> <laughs> Like at seven o'clock, I was like, ah, you know, and I needed to be somewhere at eight fifteen, and she'd been up since like five forty-five and read her Bible and prayed for everybody we knew and done the laundry, you know. And it's like, all right, she's amazing. I was trying to sleep <laughs> in for just a minute, okay. <laughs> so my motivation is hope she doesn't kick me out of the house. <laughs> motivation stretch this six of one. The summertime's hard, you know, when it comes to motivation for. Yeah. Uh, from me because sure. you have to get up and get rolling. Yeah. Don't have a choice. Yeah, because by 930, it's hot. It's hot. You have to yeah. be smart in the summertime when you're training. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. give us kind of what's your what's your regular old day look like? All right. So you, I'll give you my Monday and Tuesday. All right. This past week. Today's Wednesday. So um, I get up at 4, 4, 10. All right. I'm at the kennel quarter till 5. 10 to 5, 5, somewhere in there. And for those listening, it's starting to break light just a little bit after 5 o'clock. A little bit after 5. Yeah. So, 
Um, I I turn my dogs out and air them. Okay. In the airing yard and load them up. And I start cleaning the kennel. And when Austin, my assistant, when he gets down there, he can, he can load his dogs and the kennel's already clean and we go to work. Okay. So, um, a lot of a lot of the dogs that I'm training right now don't I don't have very much drill. So I have like three or four in the T, the T pattern, <coughs> and a couple in force to pile. Okay. Um, and then everybody else is running a cold blind. Okay. So we take off to the field and go somewhere else. And so Austin's when you say you don't have any in drill, you're what you're saying is you're not doing repetitious drills with most of your dogs. Right. You're, you're more or less testing them. It's it's so more field work. Learn the, yeah. Yep. So we go to the field in different locations and teach there instead of just doing the same old thing mm-hmm. at the kennel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. And then Austin comes in with his obedience and force fetch and mm-hmm. and goes through his process. And um, I left the kennel yesterday. I got out of there a little early at 5.45 yesterday evening. I think it was like 6.15 the day before. So It's a long day. It's a long day. It's hard to do that. <clears throat> I mean, I'd be lying to you if I, if I sit right here and told you I did that every day. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah. To do it. There's days you have to. And the dogs need a break, too. They yeah. can't. You got to just. So, in a week's time, that. do you try to train every day, or do you t- try to take a day where it's a little bit lighter, or what? I try to train uh, Monday through Friday. Okay. I try to treat my job just like. A regular job. A regular job. Yeah. But even on our off days, Saturday and Sunday, there's three or four hours of work that's right. got to be done. Right. Whether you like it or not, they right. got to be. Air and they got to be fed and the kennel's mm-hmm. got to be clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, three sixty five every every day has to be something done. Mm-hmm. So, kind of overrated dairy farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a quote about being a dairy farmer that I've said a few times on this show, and you may remember it. But my daddy told me I could be anything in the world I wanted to be, but a dairy farmer. <laughs> He said, if you decide to be a dairy farmer, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> he said, we'll just start over. Because dairy farmers don't ever get a day off. No. They don't work once. They work twice every day. Every day. And it's never. Milking and, it, and it's always at four and three or four and four. It's always inconvenient. And you right. can't take a vacation. You can't take all. And he just told me I couldn't be that because he knew good and well that at some point in time I'd need his help and he wouldn't go help me milk cows. <laughs> and the dog trainer is really, really <laughs> close to that experience. It is really close. You know, they have to be fed. They have to be, you know, like my dogs, I like to get two <coughs> sessions of something a day, mm-hmm. whether it's one set of marks and then maybe some exercise, okay. or they get the T pattern and a set of marks. So for like my advanced dogs, um, I may do two sets today, and tomorrow do one set and then get them in the pond and swim them with the canoe mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Oh, oh dang. Yeah. I need somebody to do that to me. Just <laughs> exercise them. Yeah. Like just extra. Oh, bud, me too. Like me. <laughs> hey, well, all right, fat boy, you're going to swim for 15 minutes today, Hoss. You know, about that. Nope, I'm just going to sink. Hope you can get it. Be like my Better lawnmower. Like I don't see nothing but bubbles coming up. <laughs> you're going to have to shoot me. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, I guess it, in the summer, obviously, overheating is a is a concern. I was thinking, I had a friend the other night we were running his dog, and I'm going, like, man, he's starting to look a little hot, like, can you just talk for really quickly for people who are running their dogs during the summer? Like, what's some overheating sign, or how hard do you run a dog? Do you not run them at night versus the morning? Or go right, ahead. I think you can whatever your dog is conti- conditioned to be able to accept. Okay. Okay. So I, I wouldn't take a dog that just came back in off the couch and just start pouring it to him in the field. Mm. I would ease him back into it. 
But you watch their tongue. When their tongue gets hot, when they get hot, their tongue will swell <laughs> and to curl up on the tip. Mm. You know, excessive, you know, real heavy panting and stuff yeah. like that. And if they start wobbling, then they're getting really hot. You need to. But you know, Sorry. you cut. No, it's okay. <laughs> Start yeah. You you cut it off before that. Yeah. So, um, when you're training, say you got a blind out there and you start getting into some trouble in the summertime, it's always good to have an out. Mm. So, because you get into a battle, you want to win that battle. Right. So, in your mind, if I get into a battle and the dog starts getting hot, I got to have a way to get out and me still be successful. Mm-hmm. So. Think about mm. it that way. You just mm. don't keep pushing. Just because the blind's at the end of the field, you know, I may have a bumper in my pocket and get it mm-hmm. out there and finish mm-hmm. it, you know, and win the battle. Yeah. Because yeah. Ben and I were talking, and he said sometimes people think in the summer, end of the day, the water's cool, we'll let oh, the man. dog cool. Hell, the water's hotter, hotter. than the air. <coughs> yeah. it so is. it's like sometimes he's like, if you're going to do a bunch of water work, you might want to do that in the morning because it's actually cooler. Right. It's and actually. Even a lot of times. In the morning times, you'll feel the dogs come out and shake off, and the water will be hot to your skin mm. because the air is cooler than the water sometimes depth, in the depth morning. Depth of that water matters a lot, too. The, Most everybody's farm pond's three foot deep, you know. Sure. Yeah. But if you're jumping into the Tennessee River Channel, that's going to be a little different temperature water. Yeah. And we're fortunate to have Mr. Horsley's place, where I train at a lot, has a well that we can pump cool water into it. Nice. So yeah. we have a little pool up there where it comes in that it's ice cold. So if we get if we're training over there and one gets hot, we can run over and just get them in the water. Sounds like I might spend some time just sitting in that thing. I, <laughs> I've been on the tractor over there bush hogging before and got off and laid down in it. <laughs> I got so hot on that tractor, but you know, you, you just have to be smart. Sure, you got to be smart. Yeah, um, and just pay attention to your animal. And they'll tell you if it's too much. Hmm. Um, we th- probably throw more singles in the summertime than we do multiples. You know, because say we threw a triple. And it goes out and it pins this one and it puts a big big hunt over here. Then you come back with a hot dog, then you can't even send it for that third bird. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'd break our test down or, or set up down into doubles and singles or just how, straight singles. So from a practical standpoint, how in the world do you keep all that straight? Do you take notes? And I, I do it? take notes, and this is this is recent. I've always done it in my head. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can – I can pick my dog, all these black dogs running around, I can look at them in the dark and tell you which one they are. Right. So I know what they need, but I have been taking notes. So you can maybe at the end of the week go back and look and say, all right, so um, Willow, she handled on this short bird, or she couldn't find this short bird. She couldn't find this short bird. So maybe next week we need to do a short bird that's easier so mm. she can go in and have success. Mm-hmm. Or you may say that Hippie didn't make the long bird three days in a row. Um we need to do something to get hippie to the long bird and, and kind of focus on that mm-hmm. a little bit to get that straightened out. That's interesting. That's more what the notes come in. Mm-hmm. Um, noticing trends and noticing trends. things that you just, yeah. And as humans, we get stuck in ruts too. You pull up a field and do the same thing in this field as you did in the field yesterday and then the next. And you find yourself doing the same type concept too much mm-hmm. instead of creating balance, you know. Um, Third bird, you know, it just there's a lot of different ways, but you know, going in on a short bird three days in a row, or if that's what your theme is and your concept, what you want to work on, that's fine. But you know, if you're trying to stay balanced during trial season, you know, you want to mix it up some mm-hmm. and get work on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty in depth. Th- it's way more in depth than <laughs> I mean. We always say it's just the old dog going to get a duck, but at the end of the day. The fine stuff is more in depth yeah. than, than that. Yeah. 
What if you had um, – it's kind of a cheesy question, but if you had one tip or piece of advice that you'd give somebody about a, a handler or a, a hunter, you know, just a regular guy, your customer, about life with their dog or hunting with their dog, just something that – give us one good nugget of information about life with a with a, with a a lab that, you know, that's gonna makes be a, a better dog. That wants a better dog? Just that makes uh, what do you, what do you, I'm 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 doing a terrible job of asking some good habits I mean, to just, develop. Uh, yeah, just uh, what's the one thing that you see people doing with their dog, whether it whether it be in the field or at home, that you're just like you, you shouldn't do that. Like you 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 know your life would be better with that dog if you'd quit doing or you'd start doing. You know? Right, almost like you see a lot of people that don't necessarily have the control that they should. On their dog, their dog yep. pushes them around, and if most of the time, if that's the case, their youngins push them around too. <laughs> if you'll pay attention to it, there's a positive correlation there. But you know, that's, I'm sorry for laughing, but that is spot on. No, yeah, I've I mean, never seen I mean, somebody dogs, who's dog minded that their kid didn't mind too. No. I mean, it's, it's a, if you're not going to reprimand your youngins, then your dog, you're not going to reprimand your dog either, right. most of the time. But I think that people just they expect them. Just say you send it to Adam. And it was there for a year. And then I get it, and it's going to be a robot. That's not the case. Yep. You have to get out in the yard, and you have to fool, develop a relationship with that dog mm-hmm. that that I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have fun. We're going to do a lot of cool things. We're going to go shoot ducks. Mm-hmm. won't throw plastic dummies for you, and we're going we're gonna to have a good time together. But at the end of the day. I'm the alpha male. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> yeah. All right? And then you got to have some sense of control. And I just – it that does drive me crazy, folks. It just – let That's really good because they're pack over. animals. I mean, they, they want to know the pecking order and who's in charge. And when you're namby-pamby and they're in charge, it's not, they don't actually enjoy that, I don't think. You no, know I mean? they're no different than a pack of coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, some, and some dogs are more dominant than others. Mm. You know, they, those ones that come back and they'll put their foot on top of yours mm. or just do, you know, lean on you or something to show their yeah. dominance over you. Yeah. Um, that's the ones you really have to, you know, see eye to eye with and let them know that. Mm. And I, I don't, you don't, if you train them and build them right from the floor up, you don't see that a ton. Um, but they're, they are pack animals. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they want to get their meal, the duck, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. the easiest way possible. Mm-hmm. So they got to go through the water. They naturally want to run around mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> easier. They're no, I mean, mm-hmm. they're just canines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a good word. We we all are like that though. When we know our place, you know, it's <laughs> it's everyone. It's a lot more comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable. I mean, I mean, it's it's, and that's why that's why you get a whole bunch of folks in one place. At the awkwardness is until everybody kind of got their gets their spot identified. Yeah. You know, we can I mean? take this back to Nick Saban. When I was coaching football, we'd go out there for clinic or whatnot. There's no doubt who the man is. Yeah, no, absolutely no doubt that. Started with Saban and came down. Mm-hmm. It's, and I'm sure it's still that way. I get the idea you're an Alabama fan. Oh, ain't no doubt. <laughs> ain't no doubt. It's a good time to be an Alabama fan. I mean, there hadn't been many bad times to be an Alabama <laughs> fan. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I mean, it's kind of like cheering for the Yankees. I mean, y'all going to win. <laughs> hey, one of, my, one of my best buddies, Walter Field, called me one day, and it was after we won this last national championship. Going away, by the way, you know. Put it to him pretty good. And he's like, in case nobody watched the game. Yeah, he's like, man, it's got to get old. I was like, what? He's like, winning the national championship so much. I said, Walter, it never gets old. <laughs> it doesn't. 
And I mean, I get I was just as excited about this one as I was when we won yeah. at 09. Yeah, that's Saban's what Keelan first says. He says it's amazing. I don't even know what it's like. I mean, they <laughs> won't even let us in the SEC. <coughs> you, I mean, what, you're Memphis? Uh-huh. Got you. Y'all are afraid of us is what it is. Uh-huh. We'd start taking – y'all. all y'all recruit from Memphis, take all our, our big <laughs> big athletes yeah, out of Memphis. That's what it There's is. There's a couple of good ones up here this year. They after pretty hot and heavy, I think. <laughs> it seemed like every year some SEC team wins the national championship with – bunch of memphis kids <laughs> we get them all to stay right here and but i see you or do you pull for state some too mississippi state? i've been pulling for mississippi state in baseball i well, mean i, I like all tonight. the sec teams i hope they win tonight too, too. they deserve it it's been too long i mean <laughs> he's an old miss fan he he let me let me just, i'm gonna go ahead and rat, I'm, I'm gonna rat him out i'm gonna rat him out right now so he told me the other night he really hoped that they won game two <laughs> And, and, like, had a lead going into game three so that they could suffer when they lost game three. Like, if that don't scream hottie toddy, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Let's and go, Revs. If, if it was Auburn, I would be the same way. Yeah. Man, yeah. I hate Auburn. I do, too. If Sorry, Auburn, Auburn playing, fans. No, you just – I, I just went out. I just went straight back to when Quan broke his leg going into the end zone when we should have been in the national – oh, just don't even – See, I can't pull for Ole Miss <clears> because as a Memphian – Old Miss feels like this is their town. I mean, yeah, I don't and know. They about call all us that. Tiger Tiger High, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I do. I mean, all oh, the sure. blue, all the upper crust blue bloods in Memphis got to pull for Old Miss, hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and so I just I always kind of grew up. My daddy went to Memphis State. My mom yeah. went to Memphis State. My yeah. grandfather was the national housing director for the Kappa Alpha, you know, fraternity. And there you went go, to Memphis State. I mean, sure, it it runs deep blue we just don't beat many teams <laughs> but i you know it wasn't very much fun being looked down upon by all the hottie toddies the but <laughs> all, there's a bunch of them in memphis a bunch yeah, yeah. A bunch. Mm-hmm. so anyways i don't i don't have any problem with alabama or auburn and i haven't really enjoyed watching mississippi state um one reason i mean selfishly i'm a mossy oak guy right yeah all everybody at mossy oaks a big state big state supporters sure. and uh, so, I mean, I've pulled for them in baseball for forever just because I like to see my friends do good, you know, and they, they want it. And this year, uh, my kids, my daughters actually, have really gotten into baseball. Maddie watched every pitch last night from the beach. She's at RYM yeah. youth camp this week as a chaperone for middle school. Awesome. And she sat and watched every pitch on her she told me she had to plug it in. <laughs> That's funny. But, no, but she's had fun watching it, so I've I've kind of had extra fun watching it, and I hope they win. And we're, we're not far from Starville. Yeah. Like a, no, not at all. Hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hour and 30 minutes over there at Starville. So. And all, all Liz's folks are state people. I mean, mm-hmm. Subtle Hall used to be a, a building on Mississippi State's campus, so mm-hmm. they're all big state folks. And I admit I did listen to the game. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, it's just great seeing seeing SEC do well, and you know, I and whenever the state of Mississippi, I got a special place in my heart for the whole state mm-hmm. of Mississippi. So whenever Mississippi does well, that's all right. Where are you me. from? I'm from Lagrange, Tennessee. Okay, I married a married a girl from from Mississippi. Went to Ole Miss. Spent a lot of time in that great state. <laughs> I, I I love Mississippi. You know, yeah, killed a lot of ducks over there. And Bobby Cole says Mississippi and Alabama are basically the same state. Oh, I mean, he's Bobby better watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've uh, we've definitely diverged. Yeah, we have. 
But I do okay. hope they win. I so do too. That, that's a good that's a good shout out to the to the Bulldog contingency. No, I hope I, they lose by one in the twelfth inning. It's That'd too bad great. it's not turkey season because this would be a heck of a time to go kill a turkey in Central Mississippi because every Mississippi State fan <laughs> yes, is gone. So true. <laughs> we I could mean, be down there running amok on the turkeys. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't turkey hunt. Really? Don't start. Uh, and they ain't never seen no good turkey dog. <laughs> you know they have them. I've heard that. That's it, yeah, I was going to say, I know good and well you've heard somebody say that. That's a big deal up north. But yeah, that's crazy. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Teach them to lay down beside them. Mm-hmm. Like they'll go, they'll go in there and bust them up and then come back, lay down. Yeah. It's this, total. This sounds like y'all are no, 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 leg. No, no. no in, in the fall, turkeys are in, uh, are in flocks, yeah. right? So the way you kill them is you split them up, and then they kiki and call each other back. And so, like, if you – if you don't split them up good, they all just fly off together. Well, then they don't need to come back because they're together, right? They fly sure, off. sure. So you need to bust them up where they all go in, you know, 360 degrees. They go every direction. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can sit down right there where you busted them up, and you can just start yelping. Every one in the whole flock will come straight back to you. Huh. And so a bunch of the Yankees from the northeastern part of the United States realized that they used bird dogs. They could flush them better with a dog than they could on foot. You know, because huh. yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Than you can, and I just so, never heard of it. And so, kind of the it's it is as old school <clears throat> of a way to hunt turkeys as sitting down and yelping one up to the tree. It is, it really is, it is old school turkey hunt. And they huh. the the you know the really genuine dyed in the wool old time fall turkey hunters would carry a little burlap rucksack because most of these little dogs were white, and so they'd bust up a flock and then they shove them in the back, and the dog would crawl in the rucksack. And then they'd, they'd shoot the first turkey, come back. It's true story. That's pretty it awesome. Really yeah. Oh. And it's still going on today. Mm-hmm. New York is a big – is a big. New York and Pennsylvania are both big fall turkey hunting areas. Um, Let's do it. They do it some in Ohio. I, I did kill I one. Not this year, but year before. <laughs> Walter took me and called me one. It, it – um, the Knoxby River right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He called it across the Knoxby River. I'll be dang. Yep. Walked up there and – I was leaned over on my gun, and I had done got – it's very exhilarating. Oh, like, yeah. It's a yeah. rush. And it is. I done got to wobbling, you know. I said, I either got to kill him or I fix him to die. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and I come to, and it was flopping. So That's, that's awesome. the way. I was going to pass out. I was about to say, his tongue started curling up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's good. Absolutely. Well, Adam, best wishes in all your travels and your training and uh, – I'm glad you came up here today to Thank hang you, out with us. So. I enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Good. It's great to meet you and shake your hand. Yeah, good to meet you. Yeah, nice all, to meet you too. All, all of these guys have been great, and it's been a lot of fun. Good so. deal. On on a parting shot, black, yellow, chocolate, what color did the good Lord design dogs' labs to be? Black. Okay. All right. yeah. Just making sure we didn't have to hit delete on this episode. Before we <laughs> <publish> it. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the thanks, Rolling Adam. Thunder Podcast. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed S- it. See you on the next one. See you later.